Hello, my name is Billy. And my name is Christy. And you are listening to Thoughts On, a production of the Front Porch Sessions podcast. The Thoughts On series is exactly what it sounds like. Our thoughts on particular topics. It's our opportunity to share lessons, experiences, and hopefully offer some help and guidance to others on a variety of topics. And we are currently in the midst of a little series that is focusing on leaders and leadership. And I happen to have with me today, as my co-host, a expert in a field of leadership. Now, I do want to go ahead and throw out a caveat to our faithful listeners. Christy has no idea what we're talking about today. And this is a different kind of, I don't know, because sometimes we say that. And you have a... I've been told. You've been told a topic, but nothing specific. (laughs) This time I have told you nothing with this other other than than a few, a month ago maybe, Mm -hmm. said, hey, I've got an idea for a thoughts on, Mm -hmm. and you're going to carry the the water. You're going to carry the lead (laughs) on it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because I want you to be surprised. Yep. And this is going to be 100% authentic. You will probably be mad at me to some degree because you don't have any notes prepared. Oh, boy. But we're just going to let it roll because that's how we roll. We keep it real. Color me surprised. Even here on Thoughts on Podcast. So one of the things, you are a recognized expert in a certain area of leadership. You speak uh, and have for a number of years at a National Presidential Leadership Institute for high school students. Mm -hmm. You have been invited to other universities to speak about this particular topic of quiet leadership. Mm. So I'm just going to sit back and let you talk for the next 30 minutes. No, I'll ask you some questions here and there. So you have done a fair amount of research in with this idea of quiet leadership, you've been asked to speak on it in a number of different contexts. Mm -hmm. So I guess we need to start at the very beginning. Why you? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, It's a great question. (laughs) Well, maybe. I just don't have an answer for it. Okay, we don't have an answer to that. Good answer. Okay. Okay, so what, what is meant by this phrase, quiet leadership? I am under the assumption that in 2021, we have this perspective that a leader should be colorful and loud and boisterous, and we all know them and we can hear them the next county over. And I'm of the mindset that we have too many examples from history and then modern day that totally fly in the face of that. And I just want to highlight those stories in a powerful, meaningful way to encourage those who otherwise just sort of fall into the background because they assume, well, I'm not, I'm not the traditional leader. Baloney. Yes, you are. And there's so much value to having quiet leaders in our midst. And I just kind of have the feeling I want to empower them. And so by talking about them, sharing stories of other famous and not so famous quiet leaders from history, I have that opportunity to hopefully encourage our burgeoning quiet leaders to really be empowered to be the best versions of themselves. Okay. And I I hate to do this because you are the recognized expert at this table. Okay. But you said in 2021, but Mm -hmm. you've been doing this for like seven years now. Yeah. So has something changed since you started and to now about the the -the over-the-top extroverted people being in leadership positions or where you just bring it in to modern day? Well, mostly I was just bringing it into modern day, but I would say the case gets stronger for me every year to try 
to really reach the quiet leaders because we live in an extrovert's world because we've been told we live in an extrovert's world. Okay. And, and that is really kind of problematic for the introverts who really have a lot to offer because sometimes those introverts just sort of hear that and go, oh, well, no one's going to listen to me anyway. And I want to be the person that says, no, 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 you have incredible opportunities because the world's screaming, no, no, you want to, we want you to be more colorful and loud and vivacious. That does not mean that you have to be. You can make an incredible impact quietly. And just to be clear for our listeners, and some of them probably are aware of this, uh, I would assume that more of them are not aware of this. If we're looking at a personality test, mm-hmm. I am definitely an introvert. Oh, yes. And you tell me that you score introvert. I am. And, and you are. I have seen that, and it, it threw me off initially <laughs> when we first got married because uh, when I saw you in a professional setting, it was very extroverted. Yes, but we both, this this may have a negative connotation. It's not meant that way. We can turn it on I and off. I was just about to say. When the time comes, yeah. I can put myself yes. out there and I do what. So you're coming a little bit from practical experience yes. as an introvert. introvert. Mm-hmm. You're married to an introvert. Mm-hmm. You have at least one child that is not. <laughs> and one that we're not really sure yet. It is maybe like us. Depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, So it's still a little shocking that we do a podcast related to this. But why do you think extroverts get all the attention? (laughs) Because they demand it. Okay, I think that's fair. Yeah. I don't mean that in a a derogatory way. It's just who we hear, who we see. We see and hear the extroverts. Okay. It's just... It's just how it is. <laughs> I've been in a number of meetings with extroverts, and they are going to make sure you know that they're oh, extroverts, yes. uh, either by the way they act, mm-hmm. the way they talk, or they're going straight up telling you that, well, I'm an extrovert. I can't help it. <laughs> can't control myself, which, okay, nope, hogwash. you're wrong. You are wrong about that mm-hmm. with that. And I think a, a, a number of introverts, trying to, to think through this carefully, gotcha. that's why I'm stumbling over my words, not all introverts, mm-hmm. but the ones that I am intimately familiar with is they don't always feel the need to speak. Mm-hmm. They don't always feel the need to express their opinion. Yes. They often grasp things a little bit quicker yes. than everybody else in the room. One, I think, is because they're not talking over everybody. Mm-hmm. And while everybody else is talking, and they've already taken in the information mm-hmm. and they're able to start processing it yeah. with that. And extroverts, I I have found in a large number of situations, this is not a hundred percent, and you know this is anecdotal. So we, you know, if we extrapolate it out, it may just be half the situations that extroverts have been put in positions of leadership when they never should have been there. Mm. It's just because they're loud. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're given those positions as a way to appease them or hopefully to shut them up. (laughs) I don't think that's always the case, but there is some value to the idea that you're the loudest person and you're there and you've expressed interest because sometimes the extroverts are going to be the first one to say, yeah, I'll do that. Well, the squeaky will gets the grease. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that all of them. I'm <laughs> saying I think there are, that happens more than we realize. Yeah. And I can point to a number of situations and it's in the grand scheme of things, I don't know mm. what percentage. Yeah. 
And I'm just going from my own personal experience in my 46 years of life. Oh, okay. I've seen those okay. type of things. All right. So talk to me a little bit about this idea of quiet leadership, what it is, how it comes about, how, how you're trying to empower people that may be a little bit more on that introvert side of things. As well as, I know these are a lot of questions, we can go back <laughs> if we need them, but also how can extroverts become better at listening? Yeah, that's that's a lot of questions. Okay, let's start with... No, no, uh, no, I got it. Okay. I, I'm good here. I will say that part of what I do when I speak to groups is I break it down into a handful of essentially talking points, that these are characteristics that I see throughout historic quiet leaders. And there seems to be a pattern amongst them. And, and one of those patterns that I find overwhelmingly in quiet leaders is that they are servant leaders. And now, please hear me, any of these things that I mention as, as far as um, what are some characteristics of quiet leaders does not mean that extroverted leaders can't be these things. I just find that Overwhelmingly, we find these characteristics in bulk in these quiet leaders. And they also are, we, you and I have talked about this a decent amount of time on the podcast, they have mentors. They have found people to help them that are either experienced in their particular profession or maybe personal life in a way that they can rely on them. One of the greatest things about the quiet leader that I find overwhelmingly is that they probably have something that they're trying to overcome within their personality. So uh, I oftentimes talk about Eisenhower. And uh, we typically, historically speaking, we always tell the good stuff, right? It's, it just makes the story more fun. And I'm a storyteller. And so when I speak to groups, I'm telling the story, but I always try to tell the other side of that because this is the part that quiet leaders miss. Eisenhower had a temper problem and he is, he basically spends the bulk of his life overcoming that. Now, sometimes he's not great at it, but Again, that makes him more interesting to me that you can see his flaws, but he works very hard to keep that in check. And part of the way he does that is by minding his tongue, as we might say back south. And he is mindful about how he says things, who he says those things to. And oftentimes he is not even speaking at all. It's going to be only those really deep inner circle people that are going to hear his thoughts on a particular issue. And that's something I think you can relate to as well. You're not going to be the first guy in the room to speak up and, well, I've got this opinion or I think we ought to do it this way or a zillion questions. You're listening. And oftentimes you and I both do this. We take notes. We are note takers, not because we're trying to catch somebody in something bad. We're not taking meeting notes to catch somebody in in something bad. I take notes to keep me focused. And sometimes, yes, it'll serve as a point of reference to go back to, but more often than not, I never go back to my notes. They're there, but I use it as an opportunity to stay focused. I think what's really cool about a lot of quiet leaders that I study is they know what works for them. I know taking notes works for me. I know that for me, not being the first person in the room to speak up is going to work for me so that when I finally do speak up, there's going to be a little bit of an opportunity for other people in the room to listen. You like how I said that? An opportunity for other yes. people to listen. Um, we see in quiet leaders a number of characteristics that I think are important to point out 
to future quiet leaders so that maybe somehow they're going to identify with some of those things. Maybe they're going to recognize that, huh, I hadn't thought about it that way. I actually do that too. And I think once we have other stories of, I'm going to say important people in history, I probably shouldn't say it that way, but uh, people from history that are respected or known, then there's sort of a sense of, hey, I could be the next Eisenhower, whoever it might be. It, it seems to kind of open up the possibilities. And, and every year I do this particular presentation to a group of high schoolers, I have someone, either a high schooler themselves or a, a chaperone, because oftentimes these, these kids come with a handful of adults that will come up to me and later tell me, thank you. This was helpful to me because I didn't know why I was here. Why did somebody see me as a leader? I don't see myself as a leader. And oftentimes that's because they're surrounded by extroverts who are so loud. <laughs> and that's, that's actually a euphemism. I don't know that they're necessarily the loudest person, but they are so vocal. Maybe they're so, like you can't hear anything else because they're always talking. That sometimes the quiet leader doesn't know they're the quiet leader because they've not had the opportunity to flex that muscle, so to speak. I didn't answer everything, and I've not answered the, ex the question about how extroverts can work with them. We can do that in a minute if you want, but I wanted to stop and give you a chance to come back and say, well, you didn't answer this. or. Well, honestly, I don't remember all the questions that I, <laughs> I threw up at you. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard heard this presentation several times. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm intimately familiar with it. Second <laughs> time, this will be the third time I've used the word intimate I know. in this. Uh, particular podcast. So I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So if you don't answer my question, I already know the answer. And I'm trying to think about what's important. But I think you hit on something. Maybe you, before you get to answering that last question I asked mm -hmm. you, maybe you can talk about this. Because I think you're exactly right that most of the quote, great leaders that are pushed upon us appear at least to be extroverts. Mm -hmm. Not all of them are. Right. I Just would like agree. we reference that you and I can, can turn it on when the proper setting. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we've referenced on our regular podcast, sometimes people have been shocked by yeah. me. Yeah. They're like, wait a minute, you, <laughs> you do these things, mm -hmm. but over here you're like that. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't see the, I don't see the problem. <laughs> you're with a that. complex guy. <laughs> I am a very complex guy. So if all we're seeing are, examples of extroverted leaders mm -hmm. and you're not an extrovert mm -hmm. there is this idea that well you can't be a leader mm. you're relegated to only being a follower yeah and that's not how it works no with this so could you give us some examples of introverted leaders or quiet leaders i guess is maybe the better word mm -hmm. well i definitely mentioned eisenhower i i go back to him over and over and over again. Another that's actually a more modern day example is Steve Wozniak. Uh, he is one of these guys that I am always disappointed that generally speaking, my audiences don't know him unless they're older. Steve Wozniak, sometimes known as Woz, he is this incredible tech guy that largely made his name, made his fortune 
based on kind of a passion project. He's working for Hewlett Packard and always working on the next great idea. And the stories that he tells about those days in Hewlett Packard, it was an eight to five job, but he always went in significantly early. So usually he was there by six and most nights he would end up having a TV dinner. Sometimes he might go home to do that, but a lot of times he'd take it with him. He'd eat there in the office and he'd stay till 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And he had his first big aha moment at about 10.30 one night working by himself, not doing group work, not doing committee work, not being in another meeting. He had that aha moment that truly revolutionized technology working late, working by himself. And I again, those are little things that especially high schoolers, they need to hear those stories. They need to hear that you can be successful. You can be somebody that other people want to hear more about. I often talk about Rosa Parks. Uh, Rosa Parks has this incredible history. Um, I read her biography a few years ago, which is really not all that long, which really for me tracks for her personality because she is this incredible person who basically decided that she was going to actually do something in regards to racism in Montgomery, Alabama. She puts herself on the line, so to speak. She wasn't the first willing to challenge the busing system in Montgomery, but she's going to be the person that does it, gets arrested. And it's her name, it's her face, it's her reputation that is going to start that Montgomery bus boycott that'll last a little over a year. Well, when the boycott comes to an end, when when the Supreme Court ends up weighing in and they basically bring an end to, uh, the segregation on those Montgomery buses, Rosa Parks is not at the parade. She's not on the podium waving with that beauty queen wave. She's at home taking care of her sick mother. And a journalist caught up with her later on and asked her, Mrs. Parks, you know, why weren't you a part of this? And she's like, oh, I was where I was supposed to be. I was taking care of my mom. Um, she'll have a, a highway named after her. This is one of my favorite stories to tell, and nobody seems to really care except for maybe you. Um, there's a small stretch of highway in Missouri that the Ku Klux Klan wanted to adopt. Uh, and, and probably everyone has seen the signs on interstates, this, hi- this stretch of highway adopted by. Well, technically, the Klan could adopt it. There was no law that prohibited a particular group from doing that. And the legislature has to come up with sort of a plan because nobody wants on the side of a road sign that says Ku Klux Klan. And so what they ended up doing is they renamed that stretch of highway Rosa Parks Highway. And again, a journalist caught up with her and asked her, what do you think of this? And her very sweet, very quiet response is, well, it's always nice to be thought of. That's incredible to me. She has changed the face of the civil rights movement, and yet she did not demand a ticker tape parade. She did not demand that her face and her picture and her name be plastered everywhere. Instead, she's taking care of her mom. Uh, she is just grateful to be thought of. I just love those stories. And, and those are just a couple of really more subtle examples of those quiet leaders that I talk about every year. Um, like I said, I spend a quite a bit of time on Eisenhower just because there's so much scholarship about him. And it's really easy to look at his military and then his presidential career and see great patterns of of quiet leadership. I think, one, excuse me there, sorry. <laughs> I think one of the things that you hit on that is important for 
other people that are working with these quiet leaders to understand, if we're using kind of the Rosa Parks example, mm-hmm. is it's nice to be thought of. Mm-hmm. They want to be thought of. Yes. So they do want to be thanked. Mm-hmm. They do want to see some appreciation sure. for what they have done for the organization. Yeah. Uh, but they don't necessarily want all the pop and circumstances. Yeah. Well, and think about it. She would have done that without the recognition, but it's nice to be thought of. Right. I, I think that really is a great embodiment of a quiet leader. She would have done it either way. She didn't expect any recognition, but it was nice to be thought it of. It was nice to be thought of yeah. with that. Yeah. And I, I think that's an important point. Yeah. We tend to, on a lot of these thoughts, don't say that's something for us to talk about later. And I think <laughs> that is just in general for leaders, people in charge, presidents, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Uh, of organizations to show appreciation for the people yeah. that work for them, people under in their charge when they do something good. And, and it's just maybe a simple thanks or, right. uh, you know, I don't know a little token or something. It's not like you've got to go rent a billboard downtown and right. draw attention to them because right. some of them, that's not going to work. Right. But that's another discussion for another day. <laughs> so let's jump into the the last part of the question that I asked you. What can extroverts do to help take a seat back and let some of these introverts that have the ability and the skills to be great leaders, to not outshine them, not to jump in the way. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's, I know individuals that they're thinking what to say. They're not going to talk a lot, mm-hmm. but when they talk, you better listen because <laughs> it's going to be wise. Yeah. And they've given it some thought. And I've been in meetings and I've watched individuals not able to say anything right. because they were trying to think of their thoughts mm-hmm. to make sure they cho- chose the right words in an economy of words. They didn't <laughs> want to use too many yeah, because it's pointless, but they couldn't get a word in. Yeah. You are a great example of that. Well, thank you. Well, I wasn't. But no, I know you're not looking for that kind it's of nice recognition. To be of. Yeah, but you are that person that you're. You're going to be mindful of what words you use, how you use them, and how much you use them. You're not going to be the the loudest guy in the room. You're not going to be the most chatty person in the room, and and those are things that certainly are worthy of recognition. My advice to extroverts, and I actually do speak to this, especially when I talk to the high schoolers, is two words. Shut up. We are naturally uncomfortable with what I would call a pregnant pause. Those people that have worked in sales, they know what the pregnant pause is. It's just it's just beyond that comfort level of quiet. When you ask a question, an extrovert's nature seems to be If you don't answer in a timely way, which sometimes could be as short as two seconds, they're going to answer for you. And my advice to extroverts is to shut their mouth because that's where that opportunity can arise. It's also important to be quiet, to allow the the quiet leader the space to know, I actually do want you to answer the question. How annoying is it to any of us in the real world to have somebody ask a question and then immediately answer it for us? 
Very. It's very annoying. And that that should goes for extroverts as well. They don't want somebody to answer a question for them. So if we can show a quiet leader the respect that I actually want to hear your answer to this question. I actually want to hear your thoughts on this particular issue and be quiet long enough to allow them to speak. It will speak volumes to that quiet leader. It will give them that, hopefully that encouragement to realize, oh, I'm a valued member at the table. Is it that idea of to add value to somebody, you first have to value them? I would think, think absolutely. Into yes, yes. Is there anything beyond the uh, the shut up aspect? <laughs> that's, that's good advice for a lot of things uh, sure, in life, sure. but particularly with this. Is, is there something else? And if not, that's fine. Yeah. We don't want to give away the whole oh, talk here. Okay. I will say this. I When I make that comment, I, I literally kind of do something with my body where I shift, like I'm turning to a portion of the room that has extroverts, which by the way, that's impossible. I don't know when I get up to speak where the extroverts are and they're sprinkled all within. But I will say I also then turn my attention to the introverts and I advise them, speak up. Speak up because there is only so much room we can expect an extrovert to give us. There has to come a point that we invite the extrovert into the conversation that's happening into our in our head. Because oftentimes, you and I both know this from experience, we have an idea formulated in our head. We have a response. We're just trying to think through how do we say it best? How do we do it with uh, economy of words or, or however you want to say it. And as we are working through that, we cannot assume that the extrovert knows that we're thinking. We cannot assume that the extrovert knows that I've got something brilliant to say. Just give me an extra 30 seconds. We have to tell them. And they, we are going to hope that they'll reciprocate by giving us the space to actually say it when we're ready to say it. But I kind of encourage those introverts invite the extroverts into your head. <laughs> Let okay. them know. Okay. Do you think it's appropriate to say, can you give me like 10 more seconds so yes. I can make sure I'm choosing my words appropriately? Absolutely. And and that's going to be different for different people. Yes. yes. I'm doing it because of my professional and educational background to make sure I get the right words, yes. not necessarily to formulate a thought. Yes. But when you were talking there, it reminded me of a time I was told by somebody that I needed to make decisions faster. Yes. And we've been in meetings like, and they were talking to me after they were trying to coach me on things <laughs> and help me because they fancied themselves being a great leader. Sure. Not so much. Right. And that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I said, you need to make, you need to make decisions faster. Uh, like I do. I know you don't make a lot of mistakes and I make a lot of mistakes, but I make decisions fast ding, ding, and we get things. And I just looked at this individual and said something along the lines of, that's your first mistake. Yeah. Most of the time, I've already made my mind up. Mm -hmm. I just haven't told you yet. Yeah. And yeah. there's no need in these meetings for me to go and tell you because there wasn't a need for an immediate answer. Yeah. And I wanted to see how some other things played out. Yeah. And more times than not in that particular job, my first impulse was right because I didn't rush into it and blurt it out there. Right. It also reminded me a little bit, uh, do you think that the so-called extroverted type individuals need to somehow try to understand introverts better? And I don't really know what I'm asking <laughs> there. 
Because here's here's a real world example. I was involved in a series of meetings once, and a consultant had had come into an organization, mm -hmm. and very early on, I was tapped to be one of the people mm -hmm. that was involved in this pilot program. Mm -hmm. And I, I met with this person month or two before everybody yeah. else. They just hadn't been in town like, oh, this is great. This is a person I want you to, to meet with and talk to. We had lunch, went through the meeting, that. And then so then they started inviting other people in. And I probably sat through like four meetings that basically said the same thing. Right. And the consultant went to the head of the organization and said, you've got to cut Billy loose. Yeah. He, he doesn't, he's not going to do this. He's not going to be productive. And... Uh, the head of the organization eventually told me this shortly after it happened. And there were some other things that said about why he thought he needed to cut me loose that I wasn't, didn't get to know what was going on. I, w I wasn't engaged in the process or whatever. And uh, I find it comical mm -hmm. and funny. And I actually believe this person actually did this when they were told that they started laughing mm -hmm. at the consultant and said, you're mistaken. Mm -hmm. He's the only one in that room that gets it. Mm -hmm. He's the only one in that room that is going to follow through with it. Right. And for some reason this past week, that idea came up. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what I was working on. And uh, the project ultimately didn't take off. Uh -huh. But to the best of my knowledge, I was the only one that fulfilled our end of the deal. Yeah. But I was also the one that he wanted to cut loose. Yeah not the other people that were the loudest ones in the room. Yeah. I think for quiet leaders, sometimes we have been fed this lie of what leadership should look like. And, and again, it's often an extrovert's construct, and we don't fit that. But uh, one more example I'll throw out is Abraham Lincoln. And I, I want to say his name because this is a name that even our kids know, right? This is this is a name that we are learning about Lincoln early, early as kids. And it's kind of a shame that we don't really name him as a quiet leader more often because he's a fabulous example of that. What's interesting about Lincoln is he was quite prolific in his writing, especially. And so we have so much left behind about what he did. And he is this guy who never thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, and yet he probably was. He oftentimes was misunderstood because he was the quietest guy in the room. And oftentimes he was thought he was a snob because of his quietness. And these are things that we certainly, for those of us in the room that are the quiet leaders, we actually can relate to. We know there's been a time in our past where somebody's not gotten us and maybe even mistaken us for snobs or dumb because we are not using our voice the same way that the extrovert in the room is. And those are certainly some pitfalls. And, and those are things that I can't necessarily fix, except for to invoke the name of Abraham Lincoln. I think most everyone that uh, has studied American history would have some sliver of respect for Lincoln. And he was the embodiment of a quiet leader. This is a man who really and truly, I, I refer to him all the way through my presentations because of what he did as a leader, as a leader of a country that was going through so much turmoil and death and destruction, he was exactly what we needed at that time. 
And he is a guy that is largely misunderstood by his peers at this time. It gives us uh, some, the reason we love him now is because we can reflect on him, you know, hindsight and all. And with that, we have the privilege of seeing what a remarkable leader he was. And I, I think that's really kind of a handicap for us at this point, that we really are so enamored with the idea of an extroverted leader that we are missing the Lincolns that are walking around amongst us. I like what you said there that quiet leaders are often misunderstood mm -hmm. and you can add in the ways they're misunderstood. Oh, sure. there are probably, you know, a thousand of them. Also, I think because quiet leaders are misunderstood, they're often overlooked oh, because sure. they're not in your face yeah. like the extroverts are. Yeah. And I do not believe with any fiber of my being that extroverts make better leaders. There are studies about the leadership uh, hierarchy in larger organizations. And I think it was done amongst American corporations. And what they find is the numbers are overwhelming at extrovert. And I would agree with you wholeheartedly that it's not because they're necessarily more qualified or because they are the better idea person in the room. It's because they're the loudest, most heard person in the room. And as you throw out that number, because of what I do and my background, I want to know how much corruption and illegality mm. may come from sure. those corporations. So maybe that's an opportunity for us to work together on a project uh, later on. Okay. I'm actually going to stop you right there. Okay. I know that you have a lot more that you can say and would be willing to say about quiet leadership. I just thought it was important for us to get the idea out there mm -hmm. that introverts can be leaders. They can Absolutely. be just as effective, in some cases more effective than Absolutely. extroverts. They're just often overlooked mm -hmm. uh, for some of the reasons that you uh, mentioned here. I also want to stop it short because I don't want to go into all of your presentation. Oh. <laughs> because, again, you could talk easily for an hour. Yes. Normally you're booked for an hour, but you could go more than that. Yeah. But if somebody out there is interested in having you come present mm. a full picture looking at quiet leadership or to run some workshops related to that, we can count this as a teaser oh, episode. Cool. So I they like they can do that. And if, if somebody happens to be listening to this and you want to explore that avenue, uh, you can contact us. Uh, the best way to do that right now is probably Instagram yeah. at the Front Porch Sessions podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, the Front Porch Sessions podcast. Mm -hmm. You normally do this part I know, of it, I so was... I'm struggling because you've done all the talking. So oh, I'm going to wrap it up. That's probably the best way right now. Yeah. I don't want to throw message. out an email with that because, yeah, if you use a direct message on Instagram, again, the Front Porch Sessions podcast is our handle. Mm -hmm. uh, that goes to both of us. And odds are both of us will actually see it. Yes. Uh, because we'll get a notification on our phone, on our watches. Mm -hmm. And if there's something like, hey, I'm interested in booking quiet leadership, you're probably really going to look at that. Yeah. I think sometimes one of us gets it first. And when we go into the app, it may not be there. Oh, I see. I mean, yeah. it'll be there, but it's the it's notification sometimes. So you, you yeah. may not read it. But that way it will go to both of us. Uh, we do both have access to the front port sessions email, but yeah. I don't know that you really look at I, it. No. Because there's very few businessy things that no, come through there. No, I have, no. <laughs> so once you start getting more booking and speaking oh, engagements, sure. we'll have to do something other than Instagram. Okay. Okay. 
but that's probably the best way to do that. Okay. And, and while you're doing that, just go ahead and check us out on Instagram. We'd love it if you gave us a follow on there. Yeah. That's a great way. Also, we'd love it if you checked out our regular show, which I'm assuming most people that listen to Thoughts Zone mm-hmm. are Porchies that listen to our regular, more comedic life uh, <laughs> podcast. We are actually funny. Uh, we can be. And the Thoughts Zone series is more of life advice yeah. and exploring our thoughts on a variety of topics such as this of quiet leadership. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart Aww. for going along with this crazy idea of I'm not going to let you know what we're going to talk about till we sit down and hit record. Yeah. I want to thank everybody that's listened to this episode. And if you are so inclined, I, rec- I ask that you share it with a friend. Yeah. And maybe share it with somebody in an organization that needs somebody to come in and speak about quiet leadership. If we can make it work, we'll do our best to make it work. Listen, share this with your introverted friends. They maybe need to know that it is okay to be an introvert. And I, I think that's that's an unfortunate message that we're idea. not we're not getting that message out. So that's part of my inspiration. That's part of my passion. And thanks for the surprise. This wasn't all that bad. I trusted you enough that I brought it up a couple of times. Once you said it, I like reminded you of it a few weeks ago. You're like, oh yeah. So I trusted you that much. So thanks for the cool surprise. You're welcome. And for those of you that are listening, there is not going to be a part two of quite leadership. <laughs> Some of these we do in parts. Again, if somebody wants the full presentation and I'm making it, you're going to develop some workshops too. If somebody needs that, you you might be able to work on that. The price is right. We can get it done, right? Um, so we're, we're not going to do that for that reason. Cause we don't want to go into your presentation that you, you've given around the country now Oh wow! Well, at a couple of places. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I think that's a great idea. If you have introverts that don't regularly listen to podcasts or have no idea who we are, share this with yeah. them and they may have some, and if they have questions, tell them to hop on the, please do, uh, Instagram thingy there. I'm happy and we'll to try, converse. We'll try to to help. Most of those will probably come from from you. Yeah, your responses because you are a recognized expert in this area. Thank you for so, having me. Well, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> and uh, until next time, I've been Billy, and I've been Christy. Thanks for listening.